0: I've actually gotten Oops, pretty a good at lighting all, all our tracks up, so I think we should press on. Nails. Lee, press
1: on nails. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Lee press on nails, we have a special a guest source today. Of
2: income. Oh, sorry.
1: <clears throat> uh, a writer, a poet, philosopher, and his name is uh, an adverb ending, Lee. Hi, Lee. Hi. Hey. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll have you again on soon.
2: We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. It was a great experience.
1: Wrong. The cavalry was uh, bereft of old sustenance, and the poor the poor young boys, some of them were sixteen, and lied about their age to get into the cavalry. Uh, they were bereft of video games and other. Uh, other uh, screens and technology in a civil war there were no iPads uh, the iWatch had not been invented yet but there was a Atari 2600 yeah. you're listening to episode 25 of uh, uh, Time to Lean and here's a song uh, this is a leap episode of episode 25 uh, generally we'll be reporting shortly for a duty uh, such as it were
2: uh, Deeply so, touching.
1: Why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, the first thing I wanted to say is that John was mentioning that, that he doesn't like Skype. And so I was trying to to give him a thumbs up. It's like this fist that kind of erects a thumb. <laughs> and it's like, it does it like oh, the, over, it does and, an over and over and over. It's like, yeah, it's a, this, this erectile thumb that just keeps erecting. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm not. It's, it's, it's huge, <laughs> and that's what's weighing on me right now.
1: Well, you should probably turn that off.
2: Yeah, I think let's see if it's. Hopefully, it's not still. The,
0: going. the, the way the Skype interface works, he'd probably end up erasing everything on his computer. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to touch anything. I'm.
1: <laughs> ah, sick Bay. You guys have known each other for longer than I have known John. Even didn't you go to Wilson? Grade school yes. together yeah, we, or something? We've known each other for well, about
2: do- 200 years. Idea, you
0: know?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll go backwards. Foreplay. <laughs> what are you drinking?
0: No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no I'm sorry. I'm eating my cereal.
1: <laughs> oh, what are you eating? What kind of cereal do you like? Let's talk well, about cereal.
0: <laughs> all in good time. man.
1: I'll come back later.
0: You come back. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I just haven't been awake that long, because it's morning.
1: Okay, yes, we could talk about that. That's
0: novel. No, just for the record, I'm eating uh, frosted mini-wheats <laughs> with a not-aged statement, uh, 1% <laughs> milk. <laughs>
1: it's uh, bottled and bond.
0: It's not bottled and bond. <laughs> I buy the cheap stuff.
1: Age statement.
0: And I'm having coffee.
1: They don't have missing people on the back of bottles anymore. I kind of miss that.
0: So many of them are on um, plastic containers. They'd have to screen print them or something. And then they'd go in the recycling and you'd see all these missing (laughs) kids being crushed or melted down. (laughs) That's disturbing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, so like,
0: (laughs) how do we get our lost children fixed today without the milk carton to factor? I
1: guess that's what the
0: Amber Alert does now, huh?
1: There's various alerts.
0: So I think, as, as I,
2: John and I met in, like, first grade. Yes. And he and I were the tallest kids <laughs> in our class.
0: That's what stood out for you. That right? was, yes, that
2: was our moment of superiority and <laughs> importance.
1: It only lasted for that one it, grade. In and Mrs.
0: Probably. Anderson, right? Her class? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's Chuck Anderson's fuzzy. wife. Oh. oh, yeah. And and then many, many years later, we had her husband for math in high school. Yes. Which, <laughs> it's a little too early to, to start it on that, so I'll we'll save that particular experience <laughs> for a little later.
1: You don't want to jump into Chuck Anderson? <laughs> John, John doesn't want to jump into anything today. <laughs>
0: I'm very tentative. Oh, <laughs> there's sensitive topics. Put your... Some of this stuff is just... It it just brings a, a gusher. <laughs> it requires vulnerability. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, yes, yeah, so first grade. Uh, we go back a long, long time.
1: When when did you guys start uh, hanging out or whatever, doing uh, role playing and stuff like that? Was that quite oh, a that bit was later? Years later. Like junior high.
0: That was like no earlier. That
1: was oh, like, okay. Yeah,
2: sixth uh, we, or we, seventh we grade. Probably were
0: in. For me. I, you know, when you look at um, like D&D, it wasn't around the earliest yet. versions of d and D. I I remember maybe what's considered the second wave of the books and everything that they put right. out. The, the very first ones, I don't think I ever saw those, but the ones after that, we had those. And, my, and of course, my brother Rob was a, a major component of that, too.
2: Yeah. And, and it, that was a really like, believe it or not, like I remember when I first heard about it. That John and I were hiking back in the the canyon
0: at the Uh, end of St. Hiking place we used to call it. Yeah, and
2: I remember like where we were, where we were walking, and you just said out of the blue, "Have you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons?" And I instantly—I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was, but right when you said that, I had this sensation of revelation and excitement. (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm and i still like i still have a
2: a vivid memory of like you were walking like 2 or 3 feet in front of me it's like i have a an imprinted memory of it and then when we actually played i think rob was the dungeon master and i remember that my character had fallen into a pit and there was a giant rat in it and this giant rat was going to attack me, and I had—I was going to use my bow and arrow, and I was going to try and shoot the rat with the arrow. And I had to, you know, roll these weird dice uh, <laughs> to to find out what happened. And I was totally blown away. Cool. I was just like, this was a—it was like it a was religious, so fun. yeah. It was like an otherworldly. It's like a whole other dimension of reality opened up. You know, to have because I'd always loved make believe and stories and making things up and. Then realizing, well, there could be stories where they're made up, but there's, like, kind of a logic and there's rules to it. There's a way to randomize it. So, random. not, so not just saying, oh, you got shot. No, you didn't. Or, you know, whatever. There's an actual way to resolve what happens. And then you can create these stories with your friends. And, and it was interactive. and Yeah, and very oh, interactive.
3: Extremely. Unlike but, yeah, just telling somebody st- a story.
1: It
0: still was a game <laughs> in yes. the best possible way. Yes,
1: and then you all became Satanists.
0: Yes,
2: pretty much.
1: Because that was the stepping stone.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it was a gateway
2: drug. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just look at the look at the cover of the 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 DM's Guide or something. Yeah, it had a giant demon on it. Yeah, it was a giant demon on it. well, there you uh, go.
0: The first AD and D book, I think it was.
1: Is that advanced? Yes. (laughs) Okay, I'm not advanced. I didn't. I didn't do much on that. Much later, I'd come in, but mostly we would just make characters and funny names and have fun, and then we'd start something and play till three in the morning and couldn't finish it or something.
0: Yeah, that happened. That that was later, later on. But that so. was much later. Yeah, yeah. The early
2: in the early days, we were pretty, pretty committed. You know, it was always a bit of a challenge to corral Rob. He didn't want to be pinned down.
1: Oh no, <laughs> he's, he's still like that. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. far as I know, yeah,
2: no, it's a it's a, ad- it's a
0: personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's a temp- it's a temperament thing. That was one of the the uh, things you rolled on your character that wasn't they should have put on there: <laughs> caginess or unavailability, <laughs> yeah. availability low.
1: What well, could have been elusiveness,
0: or 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 it would be a saving throw: like save versus organization, or <laughs> yeah. like, like Rob would have been a chaotic available maybe. <laughs> or,
3: i I always love those sometimes uh,
0: those alignments yeah yeah which which in the i think in the original basic game were like what good neutral and evil yeah yeah just three (laughs) (laughs) with you know pretty basic and then they had to have all the chaotic and neutral neutrals and
3: Neutral, yeah, which literally. actually, of course, of course everybody still wanted chaotic
0: I mean, good because they wanted to be a good guy, <laughs> but they also wanted to be just slightly free to do whatever they wanted. <laughs> right. Well,
1: a good good is so boring.
0: Well, nobody wanted to be lawful lawful good. I mean, lawful good. Right. <laughs> wow.
2: They could have found it an interesting way to play it, but few people wanted to try it. You just you'd end up just no. sounding like a sanctimonious. You know. Oh well, we need to do that's not right.
0: Yeah, or 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 God forbid, play a paladin or something like that, yeah. where you're you're the ultimate goody two shoes.
1: Paladin needs elf badly. Exactly. No, wait, that wasn't right. That was a key video game. So then, at some point, you were like, "Rob, I don't want to be in this pit with a rat anymore. I'm going to be the dungeon master." So at some point, you took over.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I think part part of it, if I remember correctly, was. We we probably started out playing published modules, modules were the of course the uh, pre written adventures oh, that you sure. buy at uh, Who's Hobby or wherever we got our stuff those days, and
1: <laughs> on the corner
0: and, and there weren't are, that many available from the dealers and, at the corner. You know they they weren't that cheap for for kids to to just buy them all. So I think it was more it was both a desire to do something on our own, but also uh, economic necessity that if you wanted to keep Coming up with new adventures to play that you're gonna to have to roll your own, so to speak. <laughs> oh, bit of fun. Yes, Lee, Lee embraced that role as a kind of a natural author and storyteller. Make him sound like the fantasy Garrison Keillor or something, but
1: <laughs> which would um, be Gary Gygax.
0: Well, <laughs> side sideline. Yeah, Lee, Lee really got into that in a big way, I think it, it, it kind of became this interesting outlet. I think if I don't speak for you, um, yeah, for a lot of your, your story ideas and things that maybe eventually worked their way into, into other writing.
2: Oh yeah. There's, there's kind of still elements of it that, that show up in what I'm doing now. Um, so I think like we started like the big thing of course was the, the campaign, which was so monumental. It did not even require a name. (laughs) <laughs> no, um, just called the we called it the Big C.
0: Yeah,
2: and, oh, and yeah. I think we started that in ninth grade when we were in ninth grade, or maybe tenth grade. Even I'm not sure. I want to yeah. say ninth,
0: but it, we were quite. I think it was maybe well seasoned players by that time.
2: Yeah, and then did that for you know five years.
1: And That's commitment.
2: Had, one one of the actual benefits to <laughs> to Rob's <clears throat> inaccessibility uh, at times would be, you know, like, like we would need him, like like the characters got separated. And so, but we would need to get them sort of synchronized in the same time or if they're going to influence what's going to happen to each other. So we'd be waiting for Rob, something Rob needs to do, his character needs to do, to get, you know, for that to be resolved before we can really carry on with everybody together.
1: Oh, man.
2: um, But because the characters were separated in at those times very often in sort of, you know, space, they're in different places... Uh, John and I would still get together, and his character would just wander around his home <laughs> territory, talking to different non-player characters.
0: <laughs> so we were just we sit around it, for it, hours. It, yeah, and it was it wasn't even um, it wasn't like we were having encounters and rolling lots of dice and no, no things dice. like that. We there's we there's were no... just doing doing just just riffing and, and yeah. talking about ideas and having these conversations with uh, other characters non character players. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, non player characters.
1: NPCs.
0: And studying the map and
2: talking about the world situation, the political situation in the world and Yeah,
0: because at that point our characters were well beyond the um trapped in a pit with some rats. Um <laughs> we, we were leading armies and having lots of intrigue and there was t- tons of stuff going on that um it got very big. And the funny thing that especially by the time we got to that stage the game part of it had gone so far into the background that it was <laughs> kind of unusual to pull out the the dice and look at the tables and stuff to resolve the situations. Yeah, it and was an had, event, you know. It it was it was usually some, you know, world changing event. But the other thing that uh, when I played the game later with other people as an adult, those few times I did, a lot of them would use like miniatures and put out the you know dungeon grids and draw stuff and it was much more of a game game uh, right. for that and we didn't really get into that whole thing we're moving a bunch of no. figures around it and that's something that uh, se- seemed a little i mean it, it's kind of fun in its own way but it wasn't like that it yeah we maybe
2: experimented a little with it but we didn't it didn't quite work and i guess to me it's almost like a, a form of you know, idolatry. It's like you don't want to think about your character as being this piece of lead or whatever, right on the table. It's like you want to this 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 needs to be alive in your head, right? Right. And to think so of so we it, never turned it into a board that. game. Yeah. To me, was was kind of dramatically a step would be a step backwards.
0: Yeah, it it, it definitely felt more like a board game than what we had done as uh, relying on your imagination.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, I was not, and still am not into rules. I just, I think a minimum of rules is kind of the best, at least for what I was interested in doing Uh, that, you know, you just need something like, like does it really matter if you use two or three factors to come up with a number that you need to roll or is it better to have 50 of them? Uh, It's still, it's still a number you're, you're need you need a number. (laughs) <laughs>
0: that you're trying to hit, <laughs> yeah. There Man. and there has to be some random chance yeah. involved, like there is, in everything. Yeah. But I think that the, just enough of that. It, it and it's interesting that the the whole D and D and role playing world in general is big enough to really inco- uh, include everybody that it, people like us who just wanted the the simple "don't let the rules get in the way" thing, but also the people that really really obsessed and still do, I think, with all the different types of rule systems and tables and which version of the rules is best.
1: And painting miniatures. There's lots
0: and lots of, yeah, and the miniature painting is its own little subset of people that express themselves that way. And that's kind of the great thing about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It includes that it's a pretty big tent, so to speak. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a whole range of again that sort of idea of temperament or personality that are some people just really love the granularity and all these details and the yeah, yeah, they had, and, they the, and the rules, you know, arguing about, about rules stuff. and yeah, and,
0: and, and, and we just, always thought it was more of a joke <laughs> about people um, having huge yeah. knockdown dragouts about and uh, things like that. And and I think
2: part of the reason for that is that that our approach. I always felt was that we were trying to create like this really awesome story and give these characters kind of multiple, multiple dimensions and give them something to do and something to care about and to have what they do matters in this, in this imaginary world. And, and so, you know, if that's job one, if, if, if the, the central goal is to have, to create this amazing story together, then, you know, the rules can quickly become an enemy if you get too hung up on them.
1: But even before that, though, you had all my limited experience with it. We'd start out, you'd have all this detail and, you know, maps. And, and I, I think uh, I, I was just always amazed about, well, I still am with your, how it's developed into your books and your maps and stuff like that. But the, the amount of detail, a backstory and maybe things you might not ever, <laughs> ever right. ca- call upon. But I always thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah, I know. sometimes it, it gets out of hand.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you can you
2: can kind of build up a, so much backstory like or so much context, yeah, that you like it weighs you down. So so there's a balance, but Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean I, I love that stuff. So I love backstory and I love kind of creating worlds and having a you know, a larger context that all this is happening in. And really and the most the most fun thing about it really was sharing it with with, you know, you guys when we would play these games. Um, That was the main thing. And just wondering, you know, keeping it open enough so so that the players would actually materially contribute to what happens, you know? So I wouldn't know. I wouldn't like have, oh, here's the, this is the end point where this is going to end. It's going to end in this situation. It's like, you know, sometimes there'd be things like that where it's like, well, I'm pretty sure this is where this is going to end up. But other times it'd be like, well, we'll just leave it open and see what they decide to do. Like, you know, uh, do they want to go to this country or this country? Do they want to pursue this mystery or that mystery? Uh, do they have this question or that question? And it's like, I would just respond to that and and try to, you know, kind of reward them for, for their questions and ideas and... You know, sometimes I would steal their theories. They'd be like, hey, maybe this is what's going on. I'm like, hey, wow, well, that's, that's better yeah. than what I was thinking. Yeah, and you, but you also I put think I'm use that.
0: You put a tremendous amount of time into it as well. I, 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 I have yeah. a lot of uh, memories of, uh, of of you emerging from your, your dad's office with a bunch of computer printouts of stuff mm-hmm. that you, you were slaving over that ancient computer with the, yeah, the monochrome compact. screen and yeah. everything and tons and tons of work that you, that you'd put into those. So, yes. And another
2: thing that I, that I think back on is just how, when I would be doing the, the DMing that I would like go into this, this zone that it was, I mean, almost like a trance. Yeah. And I don't remember ever sitting there going, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Or or what happens next? Or what do I say? Or, um, you know, what is this character? How's this non, you know, how's this uh, a non-player character? going to react. I never, it was just like, it was like, I was like literally in that world and I knew what was going to happen and I knew what to say and I knew everything I needed to know. There was like, there was like no outside reality when I was doing that. And that's a level of concentration that I've not been able to maintain so well but you, you know, still, you, still... You, know, you, know, you know now i suffer from the same thing every else everyone else suffers i'm like working on my book and i'm like oh you know wonder what wonder what trump's up to oh, i better i better go check on him
0: um, <laughs> yeah part of that's our, our our world now too but uh yes it's, it's probably easy, easy to us. do that that's why a lot of like for example i know you hear people uh talk about who who do write for a living especially who who basically create situations where they can still work on a computer like device because that's what everybody uses now to, to write but set ha- have it set up so that there's no chance of anything else butting in on that. So uh, being on a but because you're just writing on a, t- a computer today is is got so much crap going on in the background that's easy you know, for things crap. to pop up. Yeah, I mean even if you turn off all notifications and you're just staring at a word document uh, it's so easy to just click over to something else,
2: and you know it's there. And, you know, it's all yeah, buzzing, kind of there. behind this, you know, behind the page you're looking at. You know, there's information and news, and
0: yeah, yeah, because because of the internet, you know, really, and in modern computing, that's completely changed all that. <clears throat> Some people, when they read, like to to get the the super dumb Kindles, for example, that all they really can do is display text because they just can't concentrate. And I I I understand that I totally do. Yeah, well, I, you know, I probably need something like that. And they they also make like Mac software that will lock everything out. <laughs> oh. But a certain but a certain thing for a certain number of, of minutes or hours. So a timer. And that yeah. you have to deliberately override it to to look at anything else. Right,
2: because that is I think that is a big part of the trick. Because when you when your brain flips from the thing you're supposed to be working on to something else and you uh-huh. respond to it, it happens so quickly that you don't have a chance to intervene and then it's kind of too late. But anything that would, that would put a little bit of a built in pause to give you a chance. Right, to, right. That you say, you're,
0: Hey, hey whoa, well, wait a minute. I'm, you're I'm making a, a conscious decision. Yeah, to, this to is, do this that. is Satan.
2: This is Satan. That's trying to draw me from. <laughs> from
1: <laughs> well, when I, when I write on the business. computer, I mean, sometimes I want to look something up like on Wikipedia or a spelling or something like that, or, Maybe it's like that isn't quite wor- the right word, so I'll get on a thesaurus or something. And uh, I mean, not that I do an awful lot of writing on my computer, but I got—I actually dug out my old uh, thesaurus and dictionary and stuff because oh, I was, paper ones, yeah. Because I was like. But the, even the, even with the dictionary, I mean, I have attention deficit issues as it is, but a dictionary, you're like going through trying to look up a word and you get down a little rabbit hole in the dictionary and you're like, hey, that's a cool word. But that's a good and rabbit the, hole. I, I would, hey, I would hey, say. here's another word. Well, yeah, but still you're like, or rat hole, I guess it's what we say in the D&D world.
0: Yes. <laughs> I was in the what, rat what pit. What did it suddenly become about rats? <laughs> well, I was in rat the rats. rat pit. That was
2: my, that was my first D&D yeah, encounter I'm... with Rob in the rat
0: pit.
1: i don't
2: remember what happened i think i shot it and i I did i did manage to kill it after it maybe jumped at me and bit me
1: was it a larger than normal rat
2: oh yeah it was a giant rat oh a where rat
0: the keep on the borderlands four or five feet long
1: oh you don't want rat. you don't want to be in a hole with that no even a regular rat could give you rabies
2: i sorry. I didn't mean to, 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 to turn us back to that subject, but just one other, one other D and D related comment. So, so obviously, you know, I worked, you know, that was like the center of my life for years working on these stories with you guys. And, um, but I remember like when I, when I got my, for my birthday, I got a D and D set and, I remember I was like trying to design my own, you know, not an adventure. I was nowhere near able to do that, but just a, like a scenario. And and the first thing I could come up with was okay. There's this room, a sort of barren room, like concrete or stone, and there's this like a boxy kind of smaller room in there, like like a kennel, you know, like almost like a dog, like for a dog, but pretty big. And there's like a big wolf in there. Like that was my first. <laughs> that was the best I could come up with.
1: Well, that sounds so no intriguing.
2: stories, no story, no character, just the scenario. Okay, there's a room with this kind of bunker in there, and there's a it's black, you know, through this little door, and there's this nasty wolf or big dog that's going to come out and attack whoever comes into the room.
1: Well, see, now that gets kind of into like improv cuz you'll like get a you'll get a, you know, the audience will say you're in a room with a cage and there's a wolf and
2: Yeah. Well, and 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 that's sort of my point that 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 these things have like very small simple beginnings. And so that's one of the things that I always, you know, would want to say to people who are interested in creativity is don't, you know, kick yourself for not having the best idea right away or knowing what to do right away.
1: Or because, three notebooks filled with maps and yeah, details. Yeah. Because <laughs> just start it's with a thing. Going to
2: start <laughs> tiny you know, no matter what, or thinking about, you know, learning to, you know, play music. I mean some little kid that's first starting <laughs> you know, everybody's gonna it's gonna be rough and simplistic and uh
1: Got to build your that, muscles. And that's
2: the truth with so many things that uh you need to you need to be bad before you have any chance of being good, and and you're not really bad because that's part of the process. Just like you don't say, mm-hmm. with like a, some little some toddler, you know,
0: make fun of them because they're having trouble walking. Oh, you can't walk. It's like, yeah, you know, well, that's then they're going trip through it. the
2: process. They're,
0: and the thing is, most people do instinctively understand that the 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 walk before you can run theory, yeah. but but I think but but with something like. Uh, writing a storytelling or anything like that or any kind of creative endeavor it's a little bit fuzzier because well well I already know how to, to 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 use the english English language competently why can't I write a novel
2: <laughs> yeah well, well that's and there's also an element of there's this uh sort of mystique about creativity that somehow young know, people say oh so and so they're so talented yeah and you know i i don't think that's actually very helpful i don't you know explaining things in terms of quote-unquote talent
0: it's um, far too fuzzy i think
2: yeah, yeah. And, and like like with myself for instance someone could say oh wow you're so you know you're very talented uh creatively and i've thought well you know maybe but also maybe not Maybe I, maybe very i'm hard. below average <laughs> maybe i'm actually naturally below average and the reason I've gotten so much better at it is because I loved it so much that I worked hard. So maybe it's not talent, it's love. You know, maybe if you love
0: something, you get good at it. Even if you're not naturally good at it. The um so so the, the, the founder of the Suzuki violin method guy named Suzuki, uh fam- has famously said that he does not believe there's such a thing as musical talent. Mm. That it's really all about, you know, how, how, how the, the work they put in and how, how people are taught and things like that. I,
1: I, I think with anything, it's like a spectrum. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, I doubt there's somebody that's just born with a incredible talent and they just come out of the box like that. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking that there's some kind of spectrum is with, with anything, you know, some well, people think, yeah, work yeah, harder.
0: Brains are wired differently and there there's, you have to account for a little bit of that, but I think overall it's, it's far less important than people generally think.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you, John, as far as the base, I mean, you, you kind of, I mean, you have perfect pitch and, and I, I, I've, I've gathered that when you were younger, you didn't practice very much, but yet you're very, you're, <laughs> no. very base, you're a very good base, you're very good bass player. So I think on the spectrum there, you perfect,
0: know, perfect pitch doesn't, isn't as useful as you might think though. <laughs> No, just because I, I, you it, know you're out be a of curse. tune, or know you're out of tune doesn't mean you magically <laughs> can play in tune. No,
1: it would be a curse more than anything.
0: Actually, it can it can be in certain situations. The, the most useful it ever is.
1: Party games.
0: Well, party games. <laughs> well, that's just kind of dumb. Hey,
1: but heck, what's hey. this note? <laughs> hey, do a B flat. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, it's like um, the the best the best. Use of it for me is if I'm in a playing playing situation and somebody plays a tune that I don't have the music for. And it's usually something simple that I follow something fer- fairly uh, familiar, like a, a, a standard jazz song or something like that. And I can hear the key that the piano player, say, is playing and follow it yeah that's cool yeah so i i i can i can lock onto that pretty well and that that has uh helped me out a couple of times but most of the time it's it's much less important though than you would think but
1: even that came from practice too so <laughs> well it, a
0: lot of it i th- i th- I think you know and i have a theory about this the perfect pitch thing it's of course it's not 100 percent perfect i'm sure but the um <laughs> close enough I, I think when I was really young, so all, all all of us Noel's kids were were made to take piano lessons. Forced. So it just a, in some ways, was a massive waste of money on my parents' part, because none of us can play the piano today. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's not for years of lessons and trying. <laughs> it
1: laid the groundwork for other things, though.
0: Yeah. No, the piano, learning the piano has its own rewards, and it, it, it does teach theory and other kinds of things, but the the thing that i i think what happened was that at some point i start when i was the few times i did practice um i i was starting <laughs> to associate notes on the piano keyboard with you could say frequencies in my brain that i would memorize yeah. them you know like a c is sounds like this that's that's what it's like you'd say that's what its frequency is so my brain would internalize that and that well yeah. that's a c that's a d flat that's a whatever Wow. That's, I think that that's how I developed that.
1: So speaking of developing Lee, you, uh, at some point you, tra- this is a terrible transition. You did. I'm going to have, I'll, I'm going to have the narrator do something there. <laughs> no, but, um, you, when did you move into like kind of using that D and D stuff into, into writing stories and, and books and stuff like that? Was that at the same time or later or,
2: uh, that was, you know, that a was a transition. Later. Um, and and there was a sort of a transition period between those two, you know, we all kind of when we all left for college, um, you know, we'd still get together and, and play during holidays and, and the summer, but, but it was, you know, that sort of consistency, there was not a consistent outlet.
1: Well, you know, it seemed like before that actually, um, the the taping thing probably, oh yeah. uh, ma- making the comedy tapes and stuff like that probably happened was part of the transition before the writing thing.
2: Yeah. Well, and also that a lot of that was like we started doing that our senior year of high school. And,
1: yeah. Um,
0: Maybe let, let's let's step back just yeah. a second because we jumped over to the the HHK years which which not everybody listening would might know about most will but so um the way <laughs> all three I of our listeners it, all three of our listeners um only well, two of them know two of them know but it's it's <laughs> it's those other people we have to be watching out for Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they they they're, they're watching out. So Lee, Lee this started with Lee, Lee and myself uh, for many years of course I've been into electronics and AV equipment things like that and at some point, I got a hold of enough equipment, um, an old open reel tape recorder, some microphones, and we started screwing around with that. And I, I think even like Rob did this a little bit and Sean was involved a little bit when we were kids. We'd have an old cassette recorder. We'd make goofy little tapes. A lot of kids probably did that. And pretend we were doing old radio shows, things like whatever. But it's at some at some point... Lee Lee and I decided we were gonna re- go to the next level and try and do something with like a plot and that was at least somewhat planned out. And sort of inspired by Fireside Theater. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean Fire... that was the template or the. I I'll, I'll put an uh, inspiration link, a link in the show notes to um Firesign. A lot of people used to oh Fireside Theater. That was great. I'm not even sure what that was, but it was not this. And it but with these four four guys in the in the sixties and early seventies who who made these high concept comedy albums, uh, much very countercultures uh, of their time things like that but were brilliant, uh, especially so in satire, things like that they're just amazing. But I think we were inspired by that, uh, listening to them, and we can do something like that. I think was probably our thought. So we started that out, and shortly we made the first one. Which is a satire one called the Burger Wars, which is this post-apocalyptic fa- fantasy where um, McDonald's take over the before that world. was, uh... <laughs> and and the the rebel resistance was uh, Burger King, and oh we, yeah, yeah, we did an entire uh, you know half Grimace, hour forty minutes.
2: Grimace the Great, he was yep. like the sort of Darth Vader like yep. henchman very, very or something. Star of the Wars Emperor inspired, IQ. actually, yeah. <laughs> And, oh, well, Burger Wars, yeah,
0: and, and yeah, we that was our first thing, and and it kind of we we did that, and and shortly after that, uh, Phil was brought in.
1: So Lee and I were in study hall together, and uh, I I don't know I don't quite know what the purpose of the study hall was. I think we'd get like handouts and do oh wait we, we got we get this little uh, you'd have to fill out these Scantron sheets for for personality. that might have been our
2: first mutual joke.
1: I I think the the Scantron Scandron. That kind of where was the Don Pardo character came from, and yeah. we and we were making like Tara laugh. I think on our table, and I think that was the main goal. Is just to well, we made each other laugh too. But um,
0: they still have Scantron sheets, Phil.
1: <laughs> Scantron. That's kind of where Don Pardo came from, and and then at some point, Lee said, uh, "Oh, I, my friend John and I make make tapes." And I said, John Knowles, and because I had met John a little while before uh, on a what well, we've talked about that on on here already, but. And, uh, oh yeah, I, I remember him and yeah. So then I went over and, and auditioned <laughs>
0: and you killed it. <laughs> oh yeah. We we knew instantly that <laughs> the game had been upped.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think Where'd that, this guy come from, I think that, um, <laughs> I don't know. Cause you guys had a thing going and that was kind of a, I don't want to say risk or something, but it's, you know, that could <laughs> bring another person into something you've already established could, uh. Could screw it up? But we were, I don't we, were, know.
0: we were getting tired of doing all the voices.
3: It's, we <laughs> well, yeah,
0: you were you were pretty much brought on as the main vocal talent. <laughs> we, Lee, Lee wanted to do more of the writing. I was obviously doing the the technical work and occasional awful grimace voice and things like that. Oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we all did voices, but yeah, yeah.
0: oh yeah, yeah, we all yeah. we all did, and and then at some point after that, um, on the next one, Sean Sean came over.
1: Yeah. Well, well I think. In. I think Which we, we, we talked the, about, too. But. You did the making of Burger Wars. That's well, that I'm,
0: that was that kind of uh, su- pseudo-follow-up thing that morphed into our first project together called Encounters of Our Kind.
1: It pretty quickly morphed into the thing, the other thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was more <laughs> of a lead-in. It was never really quite finished, I don't think. <laughs> I'm not sure how the making of Burger Wars was supposed to be its own standalone album but <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds really boring. <laughs> well, it was like well, bonus we were, material.
1: We were having fun with it. Oh, what was the the director uh uh Phil or what was that? I can't Mr. remember. Phil. Mr. Phil? Yeah,
0: oh I, yeah. I, I, that's one I have not heard in a long time, but it's pretty That rough. was
1: That was based on something I did in a uh pep rally. <laughs> really that, Ooh, ooh, i like it yeah i don't oh, know i didn't know that oh. well miss saunders wanted the first play i was in she's like she wanted me to go to the pep rally which i hated pep rallies and she, she's like hey per, we need to promote the play at the pep rally and and i want you to go speak and i'm like well what am i supposed to do and she's like well just be funny i'm like oh okay so i i didn't I didn't really practice anything or come up with any ideas before I got out there. But, you know, you get up on the gym's floor and one of the cheerleaders or something handed me a microphone. And I was like, I can't believe they just handed me this microphone. (laughs) Big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't. (laughs) So I just, you know, it's like, hey, it's a play and it's got comedy. And,
3: ooh, like you know, I don't
1: know. But so and they, I can't do the character voice now. I'd have to get into it. But uh, and that's just I don't know. People were laughing and I don't really remember exactly what I did. It's one of those things. It's kind of like a zone when you're doing something. You you do it and you're you're here and you're getting the reaction from the audience and stuff. But it's just kind of happening. <laughs> you know? It's kind of scary, I guess. But then you you're leave later. Your body ra-
0: and enter your audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not safe. So so anyway that the the these tapes we made, we 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 made several of them. They they got increasing increasingly more complex. We did a lot of, for the time, pretty advanced tricks. Of course, just doing it on stereo tape recorders with just a couple of microphones and you
1: know, sometimes boom boxes in the background. Yeah, I mean what, <laughs>
0: we, we did what what you would call. Um, in the, in the in the biz <laughs> um bouncing bouncing of tracks so you yeah. would, you'd record one thing and then you'd play it back on another device while recording another set and song because we did not have any extra tracks on the tape it was a stereo so there were lots of lots of layering that we had to do all all very laboriously done the the one thing that that's regrettable even though it made it really fun at the time was that we relied Almost entirely on pre-recorded music that we had yeah. on records and CDs and whatever to do this stuff, and so a lot of it is like we could never put it on the internet today because it, it would all have all the unlicensed music on it that we could never afford to <laughs> to to legally use. So it's uh, it it's probably best left in obscurity.
1: Now <laughs> well, we could edit but, a little, but it, it was
0: you know similar to the to the
2: D&D stuff it was just mm-hmm. extremely fun yeah yeah we, I mean, had a great we laughed time so hard it. and it we cool. spent,
1: we spent no. hours just coming up brainstorming uh um you know names and ideas and stuff yeah and then there was you know i mean early on lee lee would have an outline or we'd have an outline developed together and and uh kind of improvise on it and do a few takes um and and lee got uh more and more like actually writing scripts
0: yeah, by 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 the later ones, we definitely had had written out scripts, even if a lot more defied. writing
1: was yeah. going on then.
0: No, no doubt, and we also did a lot of songs, <laughs> yeah, where which are not that unlike the ones we do on this podcast, <laughs> except we we went through this phase where we did all these ones, especially when Sean came along and we had yeah, we could really sing besides Phil, so, so a lot of the early Beatles songs (laughs) that are in stereo are in this kind of fake stereo where the voices are on one side and the instruments on the other. And we'd take advantage of that and basically do a karaoke, except we'd change the words (laughs) (laughs) and and do that. So we did this whole series of of, of basically Beatles covers with changed lyrics.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like all the Lonely lonely Bobs.
0: like um yeah which we actually use we, but um we
1: ruined eleanor e. P. the the fa-
0: the famous uh the famous generation. one that got ruined for us is the, the sergeant pepper's song uh oh you know what i'm talking about uh, when i yeah. 64 which we changed to after the nuclear war
1: rob helped with the lyrics on that one
0: yeah we, we did I that think. and and to this day i can't hear that song without thinking of that well
1: we there's like 50 versions there are
0: yeah we we famously (laughs) could never quite get it way we wanted it and that was kind of our uh point where we we disintegrated into it
1: was it was fair what we were trying to do i i got i got um i don't know i guess i got kind of perfectionist about it but it was it was uh it was very complicated and we didn't have multi-track recording and stuff so we had to keep doing takes and you know, you'd get like two thirds through it, and then well, and one, of us, one, of the, one of us, one of us would make we a did mistake. It two or,
0: different locations, and one. Well, we tried I, lots of different things. Well, one of the one of the one of the versions has Eric, I think, on a verse singing, singing oh, yeah. on it, and one other one has Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: one of the one of the challenges. Probably was the was the personnel changes.
1: Well, then you uh, had to uh, kind of start over because uh, you know people wanted to they have add their ideas. add yeah. their their thing to it which is you know that's where i got into like lyrics a lot more and stuff like that so
2: yeah and there were some things that that, that came out like just the things that jumped in my mind are like bovine baby and
0: <laughs> my little brothers
2: the antichrist
0: um, <laughs> which were original I mean, so those those were
2: not yeah and and i mean those are like um, i think those are like just top-notch things you know well, i think i think we'll like our up. sort of our, our, our stories you know are you know in in retrospect are more you know things we did for fun but um i'm not sure how successful a lot of it was some of it maybe but um but yeah there was some of the music that you know was more centered in you guys uh though I, I helped with lyrics i did some lyrics a bit yeah but but you know that's kind of the strongest i think that's the strongest stuff that we ended up producing
1: no i i like some of the some of the bob stuff is is mm-hmm. is pretty cool Still.
0: And, and even the so even the 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 theme song to this podcast it, it had its I think genesis and uh, oh sure <laughs> in, in in this little thing Phil did many years ago called the laughing trumpet, <laughs> which maybe we can put on one of these as a bonus. But uh, that it had that same kind of little little pattern. And one also one of the funniest musical things I think we ever did was this thing. It was one, in one of the later. Random, <laughs> random assorted shit episodes <laughs> or uh, uh, shows where we just did a bunch of one offs and this this was this was an ad for a product called the Jerry Lewis Crazy Condom. <laughs> oh yeah, and the song though for yeah, that the ads is, were good. Yeah, is so funny. It's just this manic. <laughs> oh, I, I I can't even describe it. It's but I, to this day I still laugh my ass off when I hear that. <laughs>
3: it's
0: so funny.
1: Ugh. At some at some point, I bought a four track because it was hard to get. To, so I, then I just did all the voices. Some more modern but... <laughs> modern things. And, and imagine
0: what we could have done with, with what's available today. It's even on well, your most basic but computer. Other,
1: other artists have talked about the, um, and this gets into creativity a little bit too. Because sometimes when you're limited, it forces you to be more creative. There, like there is like now, yeah. like now on GarageBand, you know, I have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe endless tracks available that I could use. I don't even use the four track anymore, hardly. Uh, but you know, it, I, I think now, the biggest
0: thing beyond all the, the the technical stuff is the fact that it's so much easier to edit things. Oh yeah, now, almost. Yeah. But in, you could say to your debt to the detriment because again,
1: tweak you, it to death.
0: Yeah, you, know, you can you can tweak it to death, and it it, it you kind of gets you to be a la- little lazy.
1: Yeah, I'll fix it later.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's a joke. You know, I'll edit this out. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we should have called the podcast. <laughs> I'll edit this out.
2: <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, this podcast is only thirteen seconds long. Right, right. <laughs> but you know, I was going to say that, uh, like, with the technology that that you know, it's modern technology. The current technology is, of course, amazing. But I am grateful we didn't have access to it. I'm concerned that if we had had everything that they have today, we wouldn't have made tapes. I think we, we would have, have, have recorded dinked, songs. We, we would have just have dinked around more. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have played, done the campaign. I'm concerned that we just would be sitting around watching YouTube videos and playing video games. Cause, uh, you know, yes. Especially the games. I mean, they're they're addictive. There's people, like, that's the center of their life. And I don't know. I want to believe that we would have had the ability to just shut that off and and walk away from it and create our own things but when you have like these very kind of hyper realized worlds and characters and action and you know how, how is some dice bouncing on a table and what's in your own mind and and standing in front of a microphone you know how how would that really compare to it at least you know until you could get, it would be hard to get to the point where you started to really feel the reward of it and get good enough at it that you're really feeling progress. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we had as little as we did in that sense. I, I mean, I, I shudder to think, I shudder to think where I would be like right now if I, if I had all this stuff when I was a kid to distract me.
1: I think I think boredom comes into it like when you're first starting. I, I mean, we you want a creative outlet and stuff like that. But I remember I had a little I got my first uh tape recorder um before I met you guys. It was just one of those uh I don't know, you know, they're flat and they're long and it's just a little
0: a little dictation recorder. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember I'm, that.
1: And I, you know, I would try to make tapes with that. And, you know, I'd have friends and we, would you know, we didn't do it very often, but I think some of that was like, what's this thing? And, and, you know, you're kind of bored and you start playing with it and doing funny voices. And, and, uh, but if I had a video game or something that I was playing, I probably would have, maybe would have just done that. I don't know. But see now my, my, as far as, um, my, my kids go, I mean, they're on, they're on screens a lot, but they they get bored with that at some point too, and you know uh, Adeline will go uh, uh, do some drawing, and and uh, April, uh, my eldest, will uh, will get on. She she makes music, um, electronic music, I guess you'd call it. Like cause she's kind of in more into ambient stuff. But I, I guess the thing is, even with all this crap on the internet and stuff, you still get bored of it. It just takes longer, you know. <laughs> Well, for one example, like when we did the uh, the superhero thing, we were just uh, coming up with names. How many hours did we spend coming up with names? Oh. I mean, but but it went by so fast, and we were laughing so hard. Well, oh, we had
0: the we also had the luxury of lots of time.
1: <laughs> well, that's the Which thing. Which, of course, when I you're mean, young, you do. But but nowadays the you don't seem like you have enough time because there's so many other things that you could do. I guess we did. You know, we'd drive around and mug up and.
0: But you you know what at least make at least make
1: each other laugh we, for hours. We
0: all had other things going on in our lives. We were both in school. Yeah. or all all three?
1: <laughs> no, I dropped out. <laughs> Phil <laughs> wasn't in school. <laughs> I was um, too school. I just showed up for the pep rallies.
0: Yeah, um, but no, we we all had things going on besides this. <laughs> um, we didn't just play Lee and, Lee and Rob and the rest of us didn't just play the campaign all day. We also found time for activities and other things in school and at least sometimes that are families so
2: i don't think i did i think that, i think it's more i think it's more you guys you had activities i had no activities and i i still don't to this day and I'm
1: like, <laughs> unless you're forced to you, like like you're, we're you're, way you're cool. <laughs>
0: the <cleric>. creative monk <laughs> yes
1: oh a, you're not a cleric you're a monk no,
0: no monks are way cooler man <laughs> monk
1: because yeah.
0: they do ninja shit <laughs>
1: What do they have, like a mace or something? I don't no, know.
0: They, they they just kill people with their hands and stuff. That that's wow. why people love to play monks because they're they're oh they're holy and everything and mysterious, but they they kill people with their hands
1: because they <laughs> they make they make all that bread back at the monastery. It Really gets strong hands. It's yeah, right,
0: right, right. They have, they have magical powers. Um, Fine. Okay, I'm gonna sw- switch gears. What is everybody drinking, if anything? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's ten in
0: the morning, so maybe n- nothing.
1: I'm drinking um, uh, iced green tea. I was drinking coffee, but I switched over.
0: Excellent, How-
2: Lee. I'm drinking coffee <laughs> from a mug with a, with Grumpy the Dwarf on it on one side. On the other side, it says "I hate mornings." Oh, oh boy. and I feel I feel guilty about using this cup because you know one of my one of my sort of uh, philosophical friends is Henry David Thoreau, who was a major like morning was like a major theme of his, and so I always feel like he's judging me when I when I drink from this. <laughs> he was cup. the original
0: morning person. He was the original morning person. Yes, he said
2: that.
1: If, he was so excited he didn't about morning he didn't go to sleep at night.
2: It's like if you're not there for the morning, you
0: may as well be in the ground. The, the, this could be uh, Phil's patron saint.
1: No, I, I'm a morning person. Grumpy the Dwarf? <laughs> no,
0: well, no, no, that's mine. Um, no, no, throw. <laughs> I, I'm a morning
1: well, Phil, person. Phil, you're
0: forced to get up,
2: though, aren't you?
1: Well, no, I, I still, even on Saturday or Sunday, I'll still wake up at 6 or something.
2: Yeah, well, me too. Uh, I not, mean,
1: not me. <laughs> this no, was kind of weird for you lately. to record. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't get up before noon or something.
0: Not not usually, I think.
1: I, I I was trying to think the last time I slept until noon was, probably in college.
0: Well, I, know, did, I, I did. I kind of missed those days, months ago, so. but uh, it 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 didn't go well. <laughs> 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 I, I definitely have to get up bef- way before then.
2: Yeah, I remember doing that was another thing that we would do, which is not unusual, of course. But you know, we would be up till two, three, four in the morning. Oh, sure. I remember sleeping till noon or one or even two o'clock. Um, <laughs> I wish I could still do that. I you know
0: now if I stay up till two, I'll wake up at six.
1: <laughs> yeah, and feel like shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I am I, I just finished my coffee and I'm I, I am actually having a uh, bourbon. A bourbon not not quite. I'm having some rye. Um, you are? I, I poured a tiny bit that just for continuity's sake. Um <laughs> so I'm I'm I sampling some old overholt bonded rye whiskey. Oh, sure. Um, I haven't had that yet. So uh which which Phil nicknames Old Voldemort. Which is, <laughs> which is what I always say no almost whenever i see it because it's so oh, funny I've, I've
1: actually ordered it yeah yeah, yeah. by that name and um do you have old wultemort what
0: it's 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 kind of a an old school <laughs> bottom shelf rye whiskey back when rye was not in fashion that was one of the few ones that you could get at the store and it's in a it's it's a cheaper one it, it's a plain looking bottle with a plastic cap on it and everything.
1: Some old white guy on there.
0: Yeah, it's some some old <laughs> colonial days, probably old slaves and everything else. But uh last year or the year before they came out with a bottled and bond version, which we will review it has to be at least a hundred proof by law and four years old and from one distillery. So it's kind of this get a mark of quality, so to speak. Um it's it's actually pretty good. It it, it doesn't have a lot of complexity to it. But it's a nice tasting Really he- heavy flavor whiskey. I think I think it would make really good cocktail. I would say try it. It's still it's still it, it's still a pretty basic but high quality thing. So we can take a couple of minutes. Oh yeah. Okay. All
1: right.
3: right back. Oh. Ah. Be back soon. Ah!
0: No music.
1: Hello.
3: Oh,
0: hi.
1: Are you done with your break already?
0: Yeah, I'm back. I just had to fill up my coffee.
1: And then there's Lee.
0: And then there's Lee. <laughs> that's And then there's Maude. Isn't that what that's from?
1: Well, yeah. Good old mod
0: so so I've been re-watching random episodes of mash you know the TV show,
1: yeah, wayne Wainwright's a character in there every now and then,
0: yeah, the early ones <laughs> the thing that sticks out I'm kind of in the middle of the series right now, and the the people on it look so seventies, <laughs> and it's supposed to be in the fifties, of course, yeah, and, yeah. and like like that they had, they're, they had this episode with this this injured soldier who is Puerto Rican and he says like, oh, come on, man. Oh, man, this is cool, man. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. <laughs> it just, it's
0: like he's smoking a joint and stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
0: everybody's got kind of long hair and stuff. It's odd.
1: They they definitely were not were uh, army uh, <laughs> no. regiment or whatever. Not,
0: not, they did not look <laughs> super. And some of it holds up. I mean, Alan Alda. It's the Alan Alda show, but still.
1: <laughs> well, it became that, kind of.
0: Yeah, it sure was. This is like season five or something like that.
1: Oh, sure. But he was doing writing and directing and everything. I yeah, think yeah, he him.
0: was. And uh, I still overall like the earliest ones better.
1: Sure. Fuck off. Fuck
2: I'm back. Oh, Excellent,
3: yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we are right. back. All right, good
1: night. <laughs> well, what else are we <laughs> Not, got? now? What? I think we talked about everything, and then we took a break, and now we're done.
0: Did we have any oh, no? They're, they're, there's nothing else. Topics?
3: To oh,
1: wait, yeah. wait, wait! There's no, all, no, there's no, all there, kinds of things we could talk about.
0: Well, yeah, that, and
2: I can, I can, I can uh, cover this. I think relatively quickly, but. Phil was asking about the transition between ah sort of my gaming you know the the role-playing stuff and writing
1: and thankfully Lee came back here so with a save the day so to speak of coming back from uh, behind and scaring everyone from uh from the front uh, from behind the front which was called the back and now we're all going to get back on track Thank you, Lee, for being a guest and also staying on track and helping the boys. Not just talk about mash or uh, corn mash. So the,
2: the short version of that story is that you know after went to college, uh, you know we were playing games less and recording less, and uh, over that time, I discovered uh, sort of capital L like literature and. Philosophy, And, uh, you know, as a younger person, of course, I read, you know, The Lord of the Rings and sort of Shannara and Wizard of Earthsea and a lot of other things that I that I, uh, you know, not pulling to my to mind right now. But um, and I love that stuff. But then, you know, two or three years into college, I just really got captured by this sort of bigger, larger scale stuff that had a lot more to do with kind of the nature of human existence and the meaning of the the universe, you know, those sorts of thoughts and questions and stories. Um, which I think were also in, you know, they're in the earlier things too that I was interested in, but but in a different in a different, more kind of profound and uh ambitious and comprehensive way. And so, you know, I got caught up in that and that was a much more personal or isolating sort of thing. It wasn't something I could easily do with other people. No, (laughs) Um, And, you know, there were classes, but, but I mean, those were not, the, the classes themselves or the professors were not particularly helpful or rewarding, but, but the content was, eventually I did start writing my own books. And so, but where it's, that process was basically me trying to find a way to bring these sorts of, you know, quote-unquote literary or philosophical these bigger picture things into a form that would be like accessible or interesting to people. So, you know, all my efforts were like I wrote two novels ahead of the project I'm working on now, and they were both kind of fantasy like but they didn't they didn't work. Um so they were kind of failed efforts. So what I'm doing now is, you know, I hope that's what I'm doing. I've kind of taken all the stuff that I learned and I'm trying to make a fantasy story that incorporates a lot of that. Um, So, so you know, in an effort to uh, kind of have it both ways, <laughs> you know, so kind of going back to my roots in a way. Um,
1: Walls of Covenant
2: yeah the walls of covenant is the name of the series and and the first book's done and out and the second one i'm working hard on and that i'm hoping to have that out and published december that's great yep then three more books to go and hopefully it'll be done in the next 10 years
1: so five books that's a septology what is that called (laughs)
2: Is it yeah. a Quintology? I'm not Quint- quite sure what it would be. No. <laughs> quintology? Quintology. Not sure what it would be.
1: Quint- quintology. Yeah. No, whatever. But,
2: but, you know, apparently, like, all these stories have had a very strong epic element. And, you know, the campaign that we did was an epic. And so, you know, there's something, there's an epic uh, element to my constitution that this sort of, you know, a really big story, a really big picture.
1: Go big or go home.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's my, that's my kind of philosophy and my impulse. And, you know, we're here for, we have our kind of one shot here. And that's what I've kind of decided to, to focus on.
0: Well, it it obviously speaks to you, so.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, 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 I'm compelled to do it. It's not, I don't feel like it's a choice. It's, it's my orientation. I was, I was born (laughs) this way. That's right. Um, so you being you. And I, of course, and I've been lucky to, I don't want to say lucky, you know, I mean, I could have ended up having kids and didn't, and that would have been, I'm sure if I would have had children, it would have been like, it would be unimaginable not to have had them. Um, but you know, not having, ending up not having children obviously opens up a lot of time, <laughs> opens no up doubt. resources, no doubt. uh, and I, you know, purposefully avoided anything like a career, anything that would be like a a major commitment.
1: So you you did the saving throw there. I think is what that's called.
0: Mm-hmm. Something. <laughs> no, like that, yeah. save versus career. <laughs> save versus <laughs> career. <laughs> save versus responsibility. Oh. No! <laughs> oh
2: no.
1: Well, the balance between responsibility and creativity is is. Uh, um, it is challenging for everyone in their own way so that would be mean, trying to
2: drive drive me whole into podcast probably
0: <laughs> now you're trying to lead me into adventure that's what it is uh, lee yes
1: you're trying to Lee. no lead to adventure oh
0: lead deadwood yeah <laughs> hey let's talk about rapid City some more. <laughs> no. uh, i think we we exhausted that pretty thoroughly
1: oh well, i don't i don't know lee's thoughts on rapid our, city. our, our
0: last our last <laughs> episode had a ton of rapid city stuff in it
2: my 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 thoughts on Rapid City were exhausted by the late eighties.
1: Like, <laughs> that seems to be our thing too. I we we probably haven't gotten much farther than that.
0: <laughs> well, no. Uh,
1: we all kind of left. It's
0: funny. Well, we we you know, our our last episode with uh, Heather, which isn't quite out yet, had tons of that, and she left about the same time we did, and also lives in Minnesota, and there's other folks around that I keep discovering live here, too, that, as you call them, expats,
1: well, or I think, refugees, I think, or whatever. <laughs> I, think, I think when you grow up in a place like that, and there are still people that live there and are creative and stuff, and or people that have left and then came back, that seems to be a good scenario. Well,
0: like my sisters, for example.
1: But uh, the... Um,
0: I, I, uh, oh. my... That's Rapid City. I... I... I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> it's killing <laughs> Phil's brain. Moving as we, he doesn't even, even, even go there anymore. anymore. I, I still It's have toxic.
1: To. No, I, well, what I was gonna say. There, we'll edit that. I was gonna say that people that were at at least at that time with creative, you either went to Denver or the Twin Cities. I mean, it seemed like, or if you were gay or something, you had to leave. But <laughs> <I
0: don't. laughs> they, they took you to the edge of town.
1: <laughs> Alright, get out of here. Here's $50 for a Greyhound bus.
0: So speaking of the, the Old West, I, uh, I, I've i mentioned a number of times that uh, I watch lots of old movies, and that's been something I definitely inherited from my, my late father, blah, blah, blah. One one of the, the old movie genres that I'm a little deficient in is the western. Kind of, uh, I think my dad didn't love them, so I, I kind of for various reasons, got a distaste for them, and I've been trying to um, at least selectively go back and watch some of the important ones in the genre, and that's uh, le- led me to a, a mini-project, besides just trying to get a lot of the the really considered classic ones watched, is that I am, I'm going to try and watch all of the the variations on the Wyatt Earp OK Corral uh, story that had been filmed. Because there, there there's are, like three? Well there's so I, I settled on th- three, three you core three. ones. Um, there are actually more. Um, there's some there was at least one made in the silent era when Wyatt Earp was actually still alive and living in Hollywood. <laughs> 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 Which is really kind That's of funny. Weird. But apparently he was he was actually he hung around and was an advisor or you know, like that, but um, the 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 three I'm going to try and focus on are the 1949 John Ford "My Darling Clementine" that that's with uh, Henry Fonda playing White, Earp. Uh that's a very well known classic, and 1959 John Sturges directed "Gunfight at the O.K. Corral." That's that's kind of a late 50s big color widescreen epic with uh, kirk douglas and burt lancaster and then there's another one which i've heard many people rave about which is called uh hour of the gun which was made in 1968 i think or 67 maybe and that one is starring um oh god it's a blank now um rockford files guy uh
1: <laughs> james james garner. garner
0: yeah and jason robarts and some other famous people <laughs> And that one's supposed to be good, too, which and supposedly the one that's most accurate to the, the historical story is the, the latest one. And so I thought it'd be interesting to to see how they all <laughs> handle the subject. And they're, they're all just it was obviously a story that Hollywood like to retell. And so it'll be interesting how, how it gets done, because the Western changed a lot in those different decades. On how, because the western is always one of those things that more reflected American cultural attitudes, I think at the time, and that that's the part of it that's kind of interesting to me is how how that changed because it was a very popular form of movies and actually uh, popular books, I think, too, for a long time.
1: And they 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 would sneak in um, reference. I think in a way it was like uh, uh, any genre, like science fiction or something. They'd slip in you know morals moral things within the co- they they use they used westerns as a vehicle sometimes to get these other points yeah across, yeah
0: but. there definitely was a lot of that and then as they got the, the 1950s and into the 60s uh it morphed quite a bit into this uh, reflection of uh, of how america has changed and things like that or the how, how the open west as a as a mythical place of lawlessness and freedom, really. If you want to get ideological or whatever about it, uh, how how that has gone away or is dying and things like that. E- even uh, famous movies like The Wild Bunch, which I think you guys have seen, has a statement about that, and how because it's about these these old action men men of action who are kind of uh, facing their retirements or deaths, things like that. And it's it the the whole genre though has a lot more substance to it. If under the surface than i i think i used to give it credit for it. so i'm looking forward to that sure. um i you know again it's pretty easy to look down on the genre in a, in a way because growing up it was all around us in that western south dakota cowboy bullshit <laughs> you know there's so much of that out there. rockerville it's, it's, it's just easy to <laughs> easy to, to dismiss it i think and i think there's a lot more a lot more too at least that, that so far that's been my maybe we'll see if, as i watch more of them if that bears out or not or whether may- maybe it's it is still bullshit I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I I another thing that came out of westerns was like voices. I mean, there are a lot of the usually the weird little side characters
0: right.
1: And that kind of character was always the 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 cook or something. And
0: and you know a lot of <laughs> it's interesting because um the, I'm kind of speaking on my butt on this because I I don't have anything to back it up, but I, I get this impression that in some really tiny ways, the Western movie dealt with American racism a little bit more than most other types of movies did in those days. Mainly because of the way they would, different ways they would use the American Indians as characters or, or just generic threats, <laughs> things like that. Like in some like one, one, one of the Westerns I watched recently or rewatched, cause I had seen it. Is the nineteen thirty-nine Stagecoach, which is the movie that made John Wayne a star. And that that's that that is actually a great movie to watch if if you ever want just one classic Western to watch. That's probably the best one. And the the the, the Native Americans in there are not actual characters, they're more like a Sandstorm or the weather or something. <laughs> you know, they're just yeah. this force that the heroes have to overcome. And even though they like, I think Geronimo is 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 named in there or something like that, but really they're they're not characters at all. And, you, and if
1: they were, they'd be played by a white person.
0: You know, it's ironically <laughs> not in always, this movie though. they are not. They're actually uh, played by. Um, I Navajos. meant if they had a
1: main, <laughs> if they had a main, if they had a main character. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, not no, always, that's not right. Always. If they, if there they had, were some,
0: if they most of the time, if they had speaking roles, they were played by by whites. That was very they're, true.
1: There, there were a couple. Uh, it, unlike you know, in the real, in the real Wild West, there were a lot of African American cowboys and stuff like that. Oh yeah,
0: it's way more. It, there's way more to it than you ever saw in the films, and but the, the I think the way that the stories treat American Indians and other and and, and especially. Um, Uh, people from Mexico and other things because they they show up a lot like even in Stagecoach one of the characters side characters talks about how how he's married to a Mexican woman and he he goes on and on about how big her family is and stuff like that it's 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 really played for laughs but it's an interesting detail that they actually have the character going (laughs) to well
1: that's why he's uh He's, that's why he does that job. Yeah, is to that, kind that, of that, escape right. Escape him he, every now like, and then. So the one of the characters so
0: <laughs> "Well, why do you do this dangerous stagecoach run all the time through all these hostile territories?" And the guy basically like, "Like, well, I have this big family I have to support because I married this Mexican woman."
1: <laughs> I thought I thought maybe he was trying to escape him, but he's trying to support him. Okay, it, it, it's never quite
0: that. It's you know, I, I mean, real yes, it, this is all really relative, and there's there's tons of misogyny and racism all over the place in these things he let's not let's not be realistic or ridiculous but uh, (laughs) yeah that that's the thing that um it's like we talked about before you have to to, i think to appreciate a lot the bulk of old old hollywood you have to really you have to yeah you have to kind of filter a lot of that out or at least you know put it in context to to appreciate it but it's I, i i still find a lot of it entertaining and I also appreciate it on a historical level, just because I think it's important to see what the culture was was like and how it was portrayed in popular media. so yeah, it's good not to be like too puritanical <clears throat> about these things.
2: I mean it it matters you know the racism or the the sexism, and it's not irrelevant, but
0: right, right um, and it and, and, and yes, it does sort of stand out, and i i, I it's not like I don't see it.
1: Within the context of the time that they were,
0: and, and and again, there's degrees of it too, and some of it is. I again, I think we all would agree that Amer- America was much more <clears throat> racist and everything than they are today, even though there's still plenty of it around. But there there's degrees, like you know, basically, I can't sit through. I, I could not. I could not sit through a screening of Birth of a Nation today, for example. Um, which, which is an extreme example, of course, but uh, <laughs> I mean, except for just kind of a film for a film history. Yeah, yeah, you would have to really have a, a detachment to to really do it, but you would not, you know, find it entertaining <laughs> from that standpoint.
1: Well, in the latest uh, Spike Lee movie, um, Oh Black Panther, yeah, there's a scene where the people are watching that movie, and they're just yep. the the one late the one lady is just loving it. She's oh, oh yeah,
0: yeah, and I, I, it was it was extremely popular <laughs> at the time, too. Oh. That, that's what every you know. It, it was a blockbuster movie. <laughs> it,
2: well, maybe the first one that was uh...
0: exactly and and uh, Woodrow Wilson played it in the White House. <laughs> yeah, so nasty. But uh, so, anyway, that, that that getting into the weeds on that. But it's uh, I well maybe I'll report maybe back we can talk about yeah. And, and, and if
1: I if if I watch them or Rob Rob might watch. Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess. That's uh, I think that'll be interesting a little experiment to to do that.
2: One other interesting thing is is how, like, genre, like, the expectations of genres sort of shift. Because I've gotten the impression that a lot of, like, more recent Westerns, they're just, like, almost just brutally dark. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they weren't always like that. I mean, there was always action and suspense and tension and all that, right? No, they That's could be important. very light, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. but But just this, this is sense that if you're gonna see a western, you're you better be ready to see just unrelenting darkness, and and to and to you know, kind of half regret being a human being, um, and just kind of in the same way like with science fiction that a lot of science fiction stuff I felt like over time got it's like science fiction became like a horror genre. Oh
0: yeah, like, and probably
2: because of the effect you know, and it's probably the effect of you know Alien was so influential and and with and with the western stuff maybe unforgiven or you know started kind of turning it you know turning it t- turning these genres in a particular
0: direction that is not
2: required and is maybe worse actually for the storytelling
0: the the the, the western also kind of was the first um, the first genre in in movies that I know of except maybe film noir which is another one at least it's in the title that it's it's going to be dark but um <laughs> but it's it, it was one of the earlier genres to introduce the what we call the anti-hero and that that's something that you know you saw that in the 1950s for sure which is again noir had it too but um it was even a little more subversive i think in the western because of, of the way that genre had had such pure you know morally black and white characters Yeah. And so they, having having somebody who was was actually you know pretty flawed human being, uh, I mean if you if you look, I mean there are so many examples but you know one of the um, canonical ones that people would is the John Wayne film The Searchers. You guys know that one? Oh yeah, yeah you know, that, that that's yeah. a that that movie has all sorts of you know pretty deep issues <laughs> if you if you look at it very closely,
1: huh? I don't know if I. Th- I don't think I've seen that.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's very very good, but it's 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 definitely it, it has some creep to it for sure. Yeah, doesn't it like kind of explicitly
2: address the racism issue? Was, was, absolutely. The, the yeah. John Wayne character is like an out for vengeance or something. He's and... out for
0: for vengeance, and you know because his um oh his niece I think is kidnapped as a girl, and rather than her being you know corrupted by them, he he's out to murder her. That's that's the story. It's I mean, this is 1950s still when this was made. This is pretty dark stuff. And and, (laughs) and it's like it's like he and Jeffrey Hunter, if you remember him, he was the original Captain Pike in Star Trek or, you know, basically spent half the movie trying to chase this uh, this American Indian tribe around to try and hunt her down. And they have lots of time to discuss, like, you know, what the motives are. It's it's a really interesting movie. And, and and a little and it's also surprising that it was as popular as it was because it's pretty grim, because the John Wayne character is is all all it starts the movie as being pretty, pretty damaged really, <laughs> and of course a lot of that is is because most of these take place just after the Civil War, and there's lot lots of you know obvious baggage from from that that they like to that the writers I think built in.
1: Another thing that Lee's been doing lately is is kind of a project. is more more on his uh, I think it's more of his dad's fault. But uh, you're you're going around to these uh, Civil War sites. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, speaking yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking great. of the speaking of the old days in history, but so where where have you been? Uh, are you going anywhere this year? Where have you been uh, so far?
2: No, we're not going anywhere this year. Um, at least that I know of yet. It might. Happen. So we've been to yeah, like a number of battlefields and sites so we've been to you know gettysburg is the the big one and also to antietam which is in maryland went to harper's ferry where john brown did his famous failed raid to you know try to start ignite a a slave rebellion uh we went to the battlefield of shiloh which is in tennessee just just barely over the border from mississippi uh went to springfield illinois where you know, Lincoln lived. Yeah. Um, and also the capital of the state. And there's a great Lincoln Museum. You know, sad things happen. And then sometimes it opens up new things. So my mother passed away five or six years ago. and But one of the things that opened up is my father and I going on these trips, just he and I together. Which yeah. we probably wouldn't have, you know, maybe we would have done it. But uh, easily, maybe not. You know, would have been more of a family, more of a larger family thing instead of just he, he and I. You know, unfortunately, we had we have this thing that we're both really interested in. So, you know, we could like go on these trips and spend three days wandering around a battlefield and not get bored and, you know, not have one person going, oh, and is this going to end and let's go right. do something else. And, you know, or spending time in a museum and uh, just looking at all the artifacts and reading, you know, most of the stuff and. Yeah, so that's been a very, that's been a very wonderful thing to be able to share an experience with my dad, uh, and also it's just for me a really fascinating topic. I'm not, I'm not terribly interested in like the battles per se. I mean, they're they're interesting, but but they're just absolutely horrifying. I think a lot of the people, you know, a, a lot of the ro- romance around this stuff. I think anybody who, if you were actually there watching this, um, you'd be sick and it's 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 absolutely horrifying what these what these men went through uh, and so i don't you know i don't feel any <laughs> I, I don't i don't like get a
1: you don't romanticize uh, it yeah I, I don't
2: get like a happy thrill about it or, <laughs> or want it or want to like dress up in in uniform and pretend to be one of them to me that's like dressing up like a cow and pretending to go to the slaughterhouse that's a we you know, if that's if that's the sort of reenactment you want to do, I guess. But to me it's about the same thing.
1: Well, a um, lot of those battles, that's what it was.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so so, you know, but but for me what my interest in it was more kind of like what was in people's heads, you know, like like how did this happen and, and what were yeah. people thinking and, and their their perceptions and their, their picture of the world and things that had happened in our history that brought us to that point. Um, you know, more than just the details of the battles, because they're all kind of the same on a certain level, you know, the battles, just maneuvering to try and cut each other down
1: or lots and, of waiting.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> lots of waiting. There was a lot of boredom and
2: For
1: marching years. and yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it I was I mean, that one, that one general would never, that one general would never attack the one, the one Northern guy. Well, see yeah. when you were talking about this a little bit, it prompted me to actually go and, and watch the, uh. The Civil War, um, Ken Burns thing because I oh, I'd never, wow, yeah. I'd, never I'd never seen that. Did you watch the and, whole uh,
3: thing,
1: Phil? I did. My my favorite. Wow. I, I, I didn't like watch it. I like Shelby Foot. I like his voice a lot. Jody and I <laughs> will sit around and listen to Shelby Foot for hours. Yeah. We could just he, uh, he, he was sort, a he sort of made him. it. He sort of made
2: the, the show. <laughs> I think he kind of.
1: <laughs> I loved his voice. Well, his stories too were really the 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 kind of wry way he'd end the story sometimes with. I don't know. I can't think of an example, but it, it was very funny. Yeah, he I was
2: know. also a novelist, so, and he wrote a very big history of of the Civil War.
1: Now um, yeah, he so, and, and it's
2: also fascinating to think about how it's you know we're still living with the effects of it.
1: Yeah, obviously, and it's still well the south, the south, south totally, actually, actually the south actually won. I didn't realize that was going to happen, but
2: not entirely.
1: No, I I mean I'm ready. To, don't I'm know.
2: ready to enlist again if we have to, but. But like one, one, one other. Oh, and also Vicksburg. So Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is the last place we went to last year, uh, where Vicksburg was a very important city on the Mississippi River that helped connect kind of the eastern and western sides of the Confederacy. So it was, it was a very, it was a big target for the north, because they wanted to capture it and cut off that, you know, cut the Confederacy in half. And, uh, and Vicksburg is just a wonderful little town. Ah, uh, but one of the things that, that that struck me about being there and and kind of learning a little bit, like looking at some of the demographics is that you know people you know Yan- we we Yankees tend to have this kind of dismissive attitude towards the south and and we, we sort of like lump everybody in the South together, and you know like these core general things like uh um, I'm forgetting his name. Like, uh, Sherman, General Sherman, you know, he did this kind of famous slash infamous March to the Sea where he went through the South and burned and, uh, destroyed a lot of things. You know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, Southerners, they don't like, they don't like Sherman. Uh, but, but what kind of bothers me about that is that it's like totally erasing African-Americans from the South. Right. Mississippi, Mississippi at the time of the Civil War was majority African-American, um, To this day, Mississippi has the largest African-American, as a percentage, population. It's like 36%, 37%. And that's about the percentage that that Hillary Clinton won um, in 2016. So, you know, there are millions of people that live in the South that are not, quote unquote, Southerners in the sense, in the stereotypical sense. And so they count too. And there are also, there are white Southerners that are not, you know, there are more enlightened and, and. You know, in Vicksburg, it's majority African-American. The mayor is African-American. The police chief's African-American. From what I saw, everybody seemed to get along okay.
0: Well, and that, that's, you know, from a political aspect, that, that's maybe a byproduct of our, our, our system. A certain group is able to um, maintain political power, at, the, at least at the state level, and then at the national level, even if at the local level, it might be different
2: yeah yeah and and also like vicksburg is is you know i mean it's got a lot of this tourism from uh from the battlefield from the from the military park right there and and historically it was you know pretty cosmopolitan there were people many languages spoken there and people it was like forty percent foreign born or something like that and the people in that area actually voted against seceding from the union uh you know, which is not surprising because they were you know, really tied in They're right there on the Mississippi. It's a big port. Yeah. So they were, you know, they (laughs) they were more interested in the trade going then. Right. It was their interest in fighting a war, Mm -hmm. but you know, so there's this complexity. Another, another detail on that is there's this beautiful monument in the, um, in the military park, uh, to African American soldiers who fought in the civil war to, I think it's like the first Mississippi regiment. And, you know, they fought for the North, but they actually saw combat in Mississippi and there's this, this gorgeous monument, and it's like three men. And I think at least one of them is a soldier. One of them is an escaped slave. Maybe another one is supposed to be kind of a current slave. I, I forget exactly who the, how that's divided. So it's this gorgeous monument that was paid for by the state of Mississippi. And also with a, with a little bit of uh, Vicksburg, the town of Vicksburg also chipped in. So I was kind of surprised to see that. You know, almost think like, oh... That that Mississippi wouldn't.
1: Spend. They'll only have General Lee statues.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's a bunch of crackers. <laughs> yeah,
2: so so there's you know I'm sure there's a long ways to go, but you know there's there's also there's been there's been a lot of progress. Oh, that's heartening. And yeah, and and you know we don't, and then, like I was kind of going towards this that that you know Vicksburg is, um, you know, a kind of a touristy place. So there's a lot of. They're kind of more open. I didn't, you know, get out into the into the into the boonies and drop in on some relatively isolated town and see what's see what people think or how people behave. But, um, but I like Mississippi. You know, so that was the second time I spent some time there. And
0: I think a lot of people say that that state is actually has a lot of natural beauty too.
2: Yeah, well, this I mean, this area, this Vicksburg, is so fascinating because it's built on these almost cliffs. So it's very rugged Some of the steepest, maybe the steepest roads I've ever seen in that town. Um, And that's why it was so hard for the union to capture it. It was very, it was the whole, the the, the terrain around there is kind of like a fortress,
1: a natural fortress.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but it was, it was really, I was, we were really surprised and impressed at, at everything that was there and the you know these these military parks where they you know try and preserve the battlefield are really interesting and and one of the most surprising things about these parks if you if you're not familiar with them or you've never been to one is the amount of of monuments there's like hundreds of monuments um and markers like at Gettysburg maybe thousands and these were like set up by actual survivors of the civil war who came back later to dedicate you know, a monument to their regiment or to their, their leader, you know, their, their officer. And, uh, and so there's like, you know, pedestals with, with heads on them, you know, with, with representations of, of generals and colonels. And, uh, there's monuments sometimes, you know, you know, huge, you know, uh, honoring, you know, a particular regiment or, uh, or a particular, um, You know state and some of these monuments are just breathtakingly beautiful and it's really fun to think about you know and they're often they're placed often like right where the like this regiment did their biggest thing and so the people you know they came back years later and said yeah this is where it happened this is where we attacked up this hill and so they okay we're to put the monument right here to our fallen comrades and so there's a lot of History and also, sort of, you know, memory, and that's the stuff that I like more. And also, just you know, there's something sacred about being in a place where something happened, where something momentous happened, and what these men went through. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a religious contemplative experience as well. And I think my dad, you know, my dad was in tune with that as well. Yeah, we would oftentimes just marvel that, that people would actually do this, that people would actually, you know, march a mile across a field with cannons and rifle fire, blowing, you know, blowing people all around you to bits, and you just keep marching and you keep marching and you keep marching in the direction of the guns, and it's either brave or insane, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it, but... I guess we should say brave for the, for the memory of the, of the, of the people, um, you know, and they were, they were being loyal to their, to the people on either side of them. You know, it's probably, it's probably the the, the biggest, the biggest motivator. Um,
1: right. You don't want to let your uh, comrades yeah, down. Yeah. It may be even more than your <laughs> country or whatever because uh, right. it kind of gets down to the local level where you're yeah, like,
2: yeah i think yeah i think a lot of times i'm gonna get, help this get guy. a little cynical about the bigger picture stuff
1: they're oh they, just, yeah it sounds yeah, like yeah
2: too busy with dealing with the what's
0: right in front of them and what
1: the, the shit next thing
0: to do is yeah oh totally yeah
2: yeah
0: well thanks a lot for coming on mr lee
3: yeah
0: i'm glad we finally were able to <laughs> pull it together
1: well, we had a whole episode. We were just trying to. We were waiting for you.
3: Well, yeah, thank
1: you. <laughs> it, it, it's. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's different recording in the morning, and and uh, but you know, the... <laughs>
0: it's more somber.
1: <laughs> Is it?
0: <laughs> well, maybe it was just the topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was great. I, I really really enjoyed here. No, about I
1: love that. I love I love the. Uh, well, I. I, 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 I kind of steered it that way, but I, I love the, I love the, it, we can have variety in here. We don't have to just oh, have no, a course. yuck fast, but okay. Wait, let's talk about rapid city a little bit before. No, I'm Okay. <laughs> and, and Taco John's. Yeah. <laughs> Taco Lee. Hey, they
0: ought to be sponsoring us. Damn it. <laughs> oh,
1: no. again, Lee's, Lee's book. The first book is, uh, is, is actually available for purchase. Walls of Covenant. What's the, what's the uh, the first book's name again? Uh, the uh,
2: first book. The subtitle is the raising of the troop. So it's the about, raising of the troop. I, yeah, I will put a link in in there. The five main characters.
0: Yeah. excellent. So we, we can log roll for Lee a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What
2: I'm really
1: looking forward I'm, I'm to is the worst
0: marketer ever. So <laughs> what,
2: what
1: what I'm looking forward to the books is when you're all done, and then somebody else comes along and uh, makes the the prequel. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for that. No, I'm kidding.
0: All right. I'm waiting Bye, for everyone. the prequel. All right. <laughs> Let's stop recording.
1: No. Hi, this is Phil. I'm one of the hosts of this uh, podcast called Time to Lean, and, and here's a song. Uh, this is the part of the show where we, we have a song. Lee had mentioned um, a song, and we're going to put that on we were and it's called my little brother sienna christ um it was uh we can't find the original we did it was still, uh, me singing over all of us doing acapella instruments <laughs> anyway so we decided to try to uh recreate it. it it turned out quite a bit different but anyway i hope you enjoy it
3: and here's the song The Antichrist, he's really out of control My little brother's the Antichrist, he's gonna get your soul He's the bastard son of the jackal. We gotta keep him in the closet and shackles Cause when he goes outside All oh, the neighbors run and hide My little brother's the Antichrist He's really out of control My little brother's the Antichrist He's gonna get your soul When he started school it got me down cause it wasn't cool but he snuffed out their wicks When he showed them that 666 My little brother's the cries; He's really out of control My little brother's the cries; He's gonna get your soul When he was getting older You got a big big chip on the shoulder When your dad's met the stop of You know you're a big cheese My little brother's the cries; He's really out of control My little brother's the cries; really He's gonna get your soul out the evil and clean the up to you.